1: In this episode, we're going to talk about the fear of change management. The change of the roles of power and the sense of self in the eyes of parenting.
0: Memes, how have you been? Pretty good. Um, I'm so excited to have like a topic that you can define for me because that's definitely not a a term uh I'm familiar with or in my work feel we talk about too much so it's exciting to be delving a little into that consultant role that's just everywhere these days and maybe I can have a little grain of uh to share with my students about consulting but um overall it's an interesting part of summer I I've been back at work for summer school. We're going four more days. And then I have a few days before we kick off like PD. I am reading a really interesting PD book. So I'll definitely have some more comments about it um, as I keep reading through it. But I am enjoying that. And I did do a quick summer read audio book that I, I would recommend. It's a Jennifer Weiner uh, book but it's it's like a funny time in the summer because it definitely doesn't have the freshness of the beginning of it but I'm everyone is holding off a dear life <laughs> to the summer <laughs> so i'm trying to do the same and ignore how quickly august is already in two digit dates
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's true what what happened august <laughs> slow down <laughs> You know, I feel like I purposely have numb myself to looking at the calendar mm-hmm. or recognizing the date or even the day of the week for that matter, because I'm just trying to make it to Wednesday, guys.
0: <laughs> like, well, then you and our dad will be the same because I often find him finding some way to cross-reference what day of the week <laughs> it is. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm just trying to make it to Wednesday. When Mr. Ramsey returns to the household and I can sleep. <laughs> Said, you better get sleeping, man, because you ain't going to be doing that here when you get home. <laughs> like, I've got plans of rejuvenation. Um, yeah, no, it's it's been good, though. Uh, I would say life has been quite crazy these days. So people were in back to school mode. We are in back to sports mode all at the same time. It's a lot. <laughs> so I don't feel like we got a long enough break, but here we go. Yay, school. <laughs> <laughs> but in in the mode of that, it kind of lines up with this change management topic. And literally, that's what it means. We're changing, we're experiencing change in how we manage our households and the people that live in it. (laughs) So I feel like with our kids, this can happen in multiple facets, right? So I think the earliest stage of experiencing the fear of change management was when we got the dreaded question can I have a phone? <laughs> no, you cannot. <laughs> but that didn't last very long, you know, because they go places, they hang out with people. Um, and I would say that that's the first time it cre- creeped up on me because I was like, wait a minute. Now I don't know what who you're calling, who you're texting. Uh, should I be one of those parents that puts in like the little tracking thing or should I be that mom that just sneaks up on you and <laughs> looks at your phone you know so th- that was like the beginning for formation of it to so me when do you, when have you ever experienced like a change in the way that you manage your home
0: well it's interesting because early on um in O and I being together Justin was already a teenager in middle school and the change management I wanted was while O thought certain responsibilities were going to shift to me, I definitely thought I needed to be out of the equation and they should just swiftly shift to Justin. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, it was more around independence and and managing, you know, Justin has kind of come home from school and then been with like a family member a few days a week pretty early on. And it's just kind of not exactly latchkey of years before, but it's just really hard with work days in Manhattan. And you're pretty much an hour away from home with your commute and school ends when it does. That once middle schoolers are kind of Giving, they give you that sense that you can trust them to cross the street and that they will not lose their keys and they can make it home. But there's a bit of, so when I was the single dad at home, it was a lot of like, I'm prepping the plate. I'm leaving this for you. Make sure you have this. and And no one else was kind of in that household equation. And then I came into the equation and there were a lot of shifts of like, what's your part in this? Am I not having responsibilities for anyone but myself? It was kind of like you guys got a good thing going here. Why? Why <laughs> would I come in the middle of what you guys have going? Um, and cause you're, my hours, you're, you're
1: the person they send the emails out about. <laughs> we got a new strategy. <laughs> oh, enlighten us, please.
0: And. Um, I just also had long later hours, worked farther away and things like that. So I think it's also the way you perceive what your responsibilities are at different stages. So jumping in, I I think um, I really hadn't weighed how much of what my responsibilities were supposed to be. I was kind of often into it before I had really thought about how many more things I could kind of impact and influence and be a part of. Um, and we definitely had that adjustment together. And we really haven't gotten too much to that with the girls. Um, I think a little bit feels that way with Bella when it's home time with mom and then time with us. And just is always that calibration of like, how things happen here how things happen at home but with the with the girls we're not really there yet where it's like this outside I want independence I'm reaching this milestone um yet yet I think it's close pretty close with Bella probably
1: yeah and so I think it is a legit fear that as things change and as your child grows up those the way that you manage your home the role that you have in their life kind of is impacted. And so I would say the next stage after like the independence with the phone and the ability to go and come, um, I I think the next change management, like fear for me was driving. Like to me, that was like a whole different thing than just catching the bus and getting home from school. Right. (laughs) Like, I have but, to trust you with the vehicle.
0: Even, even <laughs> in that, I would say Justin has like taken very slowly to that. Since he's been back home, he, he his whole summer he hasn't asked like he doesn't have his own vehicle yet, but he hasn't asked us for the well, kids to nice. the car when we're home or what. Like he is very mellow. So I'm telling yeah. you, we're just prepping ourselves and trying <laughs> to get um emergency backpacks for the girls. <laughs> <laughs> That but, yeah. but I would and say that it's, disaster a, yeah. <laughs> it's a legit
1: fear, though, when they take the keys and they go out. And so it's like, what things can I put in place to help me not lose my mind?
0: Or rest, and, right? If, yeah. They're out doing things and you're not going to be up to the wee hours of the night every night, but you want to be able to function quickly if you have to get up and make sure they've met curfew or after but you know they need anything but it is it's a very surreal almost like you are with them through the thing that they're doing um I probably can only liken it to dating life (laughs) when you're like either at a long distance or right because I think that's the only time that in our, like in our generation, it went from like calling and people had to be physically at a place to having like a cell phone or that in between where we had pagers, where there's this communication that could instantly get you to someone or instantly worry you about not being able to get in <laughs> touch with someone. And I think your kids kind of, that they're able to give you that same impact of like, I'm zero to 60 pissed <laughs> because of whatever's <laughs> happening tonight. Or worried, you know, yeah. um, that you might have if your significant other pushes your butt. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I, but it progresses, right? Because they go from like asking for the phone or the laptop, right? To asking to, like, I just broke out in a hot sweat and nothing towards the individual. They it had nothing to do with the individual that my kid wanted a carpool with. We had just, we have never been a carpool family. So the option became available because I was um, one person and I needed to be in two places at the same time. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I can make that happen even though they're only 16 minutes apart. Um, but I like broke out in a sweat. <laughs> over it's the
0: a idea. Carpool.
1: Yeah. I was like, uh, I don't know. But to conclude, I I didn't jump in people. I, I didn't do the carpool. The time of the game changed. And so My kid would have had to been left at home for someone to pick them up and to say that this child would have had the right uniform on. Even when I take him, he doesn't have the right (laughs) uniform on. um, And a water bottle and his soccer bag and cleats and not his baseball bag and baseball cleats. It could totally happen. So, anywho, we said no to it. But, like, those mini things of independence it makes me think what is it that i'm so scared of what's the fear and i think the number one thing that pops into my mind and i'm type a so i will tell you people i'm a control freak like i don't like to be surprised and to me uncertainty breeds fear <laughs> so <laughs> so you want a phone but i'm not sure my fear is that i don't have control over what you do with that phone so i don't know how much Grief you're gonna bring to my life when you have that phone because I'm your escape route, and then like the carpool, the same thing. Like I don't know where you're at now. You need a phone because you're carpooling with people, and I would just like to avoid all that <laughs> so that I don't have to get you a phone. Um,
0: so I that, think you know. also it's the level of change, right? We we know change is one thing we can count on, and yet we know how difficult it is for us just the the human habits right yeah and and with as much as our children change the idea of whoever we've signed up to be for them and whatever role that plays when we can't help the change because they go from you know a bottle to food or needing a different type of shoe or they're going to daycare or they have a child care person, right? Like when you can't help that thing because of choices you've made or phases they're going through, we're up against the wall. But when there's these variables, I think it also makes us really uncomfortable to lean into more change because we know it's just so constant and rapidly coming with them all the time. And we don't get any, I don't know that we always get any, get better at it. I just think it's a different type and it's almost like you don't get at bats with the same kind of change so it always feels radically like uh just uh destabilizing Mm -hmm. and so I think the control the fact that change can be challenging and then I think it's also that you're asking yourself what really stuck right and the only way you're going to get that answered is by playing it out. And sometimes you're questioning, hmm, did I really think of all the scenarios that could happen, that could test my, you know, my wonderful modeling of being a human being and decision making and living this thing that's life for the kid to respond in a way that you anticipate or a way that you know, it, I feel like it's trial and error sometimes with certain things. And other things, you look at your kid, you just admire so much that they are like, "Oh, you did that kind of thing, and no one had to tell you to do that kind of thing." Oh, you were that great sibling, or, um, or you were empathetic to me. But then you wonder, under pressure and things that are <laughs> a little more risky, will that win out? Right? Like, will mm-hmm. I want to be the kind person? Will I be brave enough to not do what a friend is doing if it's? dangerous um and it's like trial and error and you just got to see what happens and i think that is really frightening <laughs>
1: it's yeah frightening. it is scary and you lose and i think that role of power has a lot to do with it because the older they get the less your power to influence or have them see the consequences of their actions you know, in a confined environment is there, right? So you start off with them little and you you might do the timeout thing or you might set them down and play out the scenario again to help them understand that their choice had a consequence. But as they get older, you kind of lose that control. And so the change management switch is you're no longer the person that causes them to stop and reflect they kind of have to own it themselves. Mm-hmm. And that to me is scary because sometimes a child just might be slow. <laughs> <laughs> slow. You got like, there's this, um there's this prophet in the Bible called Balaam. And he's just type slow to the point where the Lord has to get a donkey to talk to him like that slow. <laughs> so, and you know, I just think of my kids and I'm like, are we going to have to get a donkey to talk to him? Like, is something going to happen? Is someone going to speak to my child to make them realize and kind of have some developing myself, some self-control to allow the Lord to intervene in their life and say, hello, stop and reflect. But I think that's another part of the fear is that we're beginning to lose that power to influence
0: in such a high, impactful way. And then I think about, and no offense to my children and no offense to the dog I'm going to reference in this story, and the the first dog I owned and had at home, my chula, um when I took her with me to do a job I was staying with a family to take care of the kids and I was just a nervous wreck about like her following the rules and staying on her wee wee pet and my friend who's a dog lover and a pet um and had many pets she just her advice was and this was pre-kids or any of it was just trust her trust that what you've (laughs) like her routine and the way she is, and she's such a good, cause she had taken care of Chula as well. So she was like, just trust her. And it was so interesting to me. Cause I was like, my initial, I was like, interesting advice. So you're saying this is a me problem. <laughs> not <laughs> them problem. Not, a, oh, not a Chula problem. <laughs> um, but it gives you perspective to think about the fact that, right? You- You invest, you think about the choices. We've had so many episodes where we talked about how do we prepare for this phase and what research do we do and how do we spend time with our children? How do we try to talk to them? Even when we're not perfect and it comes out a little sideways or you have a little toot on the end of what you said to them or all those real things happen. And it's that trust that who they are and what has gotten in and who you see them show. And that's why I think it's also that reflection and check-in of what is it that you're seeing with your child and what are you seeing with each of them individually that is the area that maybe you have to address more or the one that maybe you need to do that gradual release a little slower. Or maybe, like we've talked about, in another um, beyond the fear episode about getting those other mentors and coaches to influence them because you have to be able to trust that what's developmentally appropriate and next phase that they're getting to are honestly just what they desire as the way that they're exploring the world and their independence, that they'll be ready for it. Right. Like at the right time, they'll be ready for it.
1: Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. And I guess the, my heart behind this episode is to get us as parents, like you said, to reflect because it's really, we make it about us, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. and it's really less about the child. It's trusting that you did what you needed to do when you were able to do it. And if you weren't conscious of it at that moment, then it wasn't needed and just trusting the process. Um, Because I will say with my oldest, the biggest change management fear we faced was sending him off to, um, first it was governor school for six weeks. And that pretty much boosted my confidence that he might be able to do a semester at college (laughs) away (laughs) from home. (laughs) He survived six weeks. I didn't get a phone call. He didn't do anything heinous or crazy. Uh, they didn't kick him out of governor school. Um, you know, but it because my oldest son was adopted at the age of eight. That lingering fear of I didn't have enough time, I didn't get to influence the core of who he is, right? Because you read all these psychology books and all these other parenting books, and you don't help people that have to start at age. Eight, by the way, like quench any of those fears, and. It's just, in my experience, um, based on my lived experience, it's just not true. You know, I, I just don't believe it because those eight years, yes, very impactful for Sasha. Yes, laid some groundwork, but it wasn't the sum of who he was. And I don't think we'll ever arrive to our full, full selves until the end. Like, that's what life is all about. Life is... If you're not changing, then you're dead, right? So Mm -hmm. it's just part of living. And so realizing that I gave him like everything that he needed, he received in the timing that he was going to receive it. And so he was as ready for governor school as he could have been. And the same was going to be true for going off to college. And so once I realized that and I was able to trust the parenting that we did, then the next reflection was that now, who am I to him, right? Because going from orphan to belonging to a family, the very beginning of that relationship in full honesty, folks, isn't um, isn't the emotional love right? The first, it feels like a transaction. Like, I am going to provide for you consistently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a necessity. And you're kind of like trying to earn this child's love and trust and show them that you are different than everybody else because you are going to provide for them everything that they need. And you're going to show up and be a constant. Well, when he left off to college, I was thankful that our relationship had evolved beyond that because he was no longer going to need me for that. You know, he wasn't going to need me to show up every single day to show him that I'm still his mom. And he wasn't going to need me to financially provide for every single need because he got a job. Right. So it's like, I mean more to him than those transactional things that had happened at the beginning of our relationship, and it became more about me as a woman, you know, not just a mom. So, and it's a scary transition to make because you're not sure if you're going to cut over quite, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you're not sure if your child's going to be like, oh, yeah, I can see you more than just a transaction. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: And I, I think it's curious because since we're not at that phase yet, there is to come that stage where, right, and, and to whatever degree or level the relationship merits it or requires it, but eventually there's that caring for, that we're more in the phase where we're doing that with our parents, but eventually our kids will be the the venting one or the are you okay? Or And I think that phase as well will be this mirror of like, what did we develop and cultivate together and what do we have and how do we go to this next phase together, honoring like who we are as individuals, but like who we, who we've been to each other out of that bond. Yeah. And then change again. (laughs) Yep. Change,
1: change and more change. So torn tribe, we just want to encourage you to take time to slow down and reflect with every growth spurt your child goes through and every change in dynamic of your relationship with them to really sit down and think about what is it that we're truly doing here and forming and how can I best embrace it rather than run from it? Because one day, if you're so privileged, they will move out <laughs> and live their own lives um, and make you a part of that. And now for our men's segment where we share a highlight from the week.
0: So Athena, what is mending you this week?
1: Oh, our men's. <laughs> What's helping me keep it all together? Um I just got through two books. So reading. Reading. Reading has been pivotal um the past like four weeks i feel like i've disappeared in so many different books i'll give you the books that i that have helped me get through the past couple weeks and have been mending me uh two covenants by andrew murray and he just goes through some biblical these two biblical covenants and what they mean and i just love that from like a study the bible perspective um Adore by Sarah Haggerty. She it's a devotional and she has adopted many children. And so just hearing her, her life stories with them has been very comforting because it's like, Oh, finally I met someone that can relate to me. I'm not so crazy. Um, and then I am reading Meme, and I don't think I've told you this, uh, becoming Michelle Obama. Um, yeah, um, I, I I gotta say I have more perspective, and I guess a like for Chicago. I don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I felt like, the you, same way.
1: I yeah, that. yeah. So I really and I love her writing style. Yes, the girl can write. So <laughs> it's an easy. I, I like how fluid it is. Um, and then the other book that I've been listening to, uh, like an audio book, um is Gay Girl, Good God by Jackie Hill Perry. And it's her own story of how she came to know Christ. Um, And I just love how poetic it is. And what I love about the Audible like book is that she's the one actually reading
0: it. Yeah, and it matters so much.
1: Oh, yeah, because the emphasis is in the right place. And I tell you, I was listening to this book while food shopping the other day. And I about had to stop myself from listening to it. Well, I had to stop myself from listening to it because I realized I was having this emotional connection to it. I'm like, I'm going to start crying here (laughs) in the middle of picking out some eggs. Um, But it's just so poetic. And I think what resonates with me the most and what's mending me the most with all these books is that each one of them is slicing and dicing what it means to be a woman and really stripping away all the stereotypes and all the society pressures of what it means to be a woman. And along that thread, what it means to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Cause I tell you folks, like I still struggle with, am I a good mom to whose
0: standards? <laughs> you know, like, come mm-hmm. on. So that's, what's mending me. What about you? That's great. Um, so as I often share, I love the personal development. And we've just that journey personally, but I love that it's woven into my career and we've been doing this curriculum that talks about purpose and a few new members of our team are taking it. I had a kickoff like managers meeting with my principal and we started reading this book, I was saying the PD book and its chapter is like determining your purpose. My, um, and the principal kicked off with like her why and wants us all to like about our why. And my colleague led a PD, which was focused on the why. And when the universe lines up that way and things go, I, I was sharing with him that I think we tend to think it's supposed to be hard. And so we're always on this hustle to combat the hard, but that isn't actually the direction we're supposed to go in. It's when the things are smooth and you get these signs that you know that you're on the path that's supposed to be unfolding because we sometimes try so hard for things. And then we wonder why they didn't result the way we wanted or right. Like in, we think it's the the struggle that took away from what it felt like. But honestly, it was just because it didn't flow that we should have known that that resistance was telling us, like, leave it alone. Um, And so in hearing purpose so much and the why and getting to be in multiple spaces over the last few days where I've been able to name why I do what I do, why it doesn't feel like work, um, how important it is, to know other people's purpose and their why and understand how they function and getting people bought in because you're vulnerable enough to share that message has definitely made me feel well first it's more of that like feeling so certain in my 40s that I didn't even you know Oprah and my um, Angela been telling me about and they said 50s even better but feeling that grounded when the universe is showing me like, this is why it's going smoothly. And this is why this message is continuing to perpetuate. So looking for more of those green lights and <laughs> more roads to keep opening up that way.
1: That's awesome. The value exercise, man, you end up with your values. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. The power of the why. I yeah. ask the question, why am I doing this? You'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah because
0: everyone's asking that you know people don't want to sit in pd but it's because you haven't told them why you think it's worth them sitting (laughs) in pd (laughs)
1: yes that is so true well folks um we love talking to you we love hearing what you have to say so please rate us on your favorite podcast platform and like and share. That's the way this podcast gets out there. We can hear more ideas and talk about more topics. So please let us know what's the burning questions on your mind, the topics that you would love to hear about, um, your lens on parenting, what's mending you, what fears you may have,
0: um, and memes tell our folks how to stay connected. I will. And I will quote one of my favorite podcasts in those rates, five stars, solamente. And <laughs> please leave a review. And we are at Torn MLB on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Please drop us an email to TornMLB at gmail.com. Thanks for joining. Choose grace. When you feel torn, choose grace.